When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today on the show, we have Daniel Rodrick. Hey, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. How are y'all doing? Good. Good, Thanks for- Good, good, good. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to chat. Thank you all for the invitation. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So can you give our listeners, before we get into all the fun stuff, uh, a background on who you are and how you got into photography? Okay. This is a long story. Uh, Love it. <laughs> and I know that y'all are okay with long stories. So, yes. Uh, I'll take y'all back to some of my first memories of photos or, of course, my parents' you know, photos and photo albums. Uh, my mom was into photography and took like darkroom photography classes. So there was a camera, a 35 millimeter in the house a lot. And pretty quickly on, I don't know... I would say, I mean, obviously before I was born, they had a Polaroid because there are Polaroid photos of me and albums, you know, from 19, I don't want to say how old I am. (laughs) You know, there's, you know, very one and two year old Easter uh, images and things like that that are dated. That's obviously uh, Polaroid images. And in fact, in one of the albums, it's cool because my mom has one of those Kodak, the color burst photos. They actually look really good. Really good. It's a photo of me. On Colorburst film and the colors hold up. Maybe well, I don't, uh, they're really <laughs> the colors are really. Nice. Uh, it's a shame, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, so so I grew up around photography. They they had cameras. Uh, I got to play with their Polaroid, but I didn't really. I wasn't. I wasn't. wasn't it wasn't mine. I didn't have cameras that were mine. Flash forward, you know, I was always, I was interested in and then would shoot disposable instant, uh, not disposable instant, but disposable film cameras on trips and travel. I would, you know, take those and always have them and get them developed. Yep. So I had lots of like boxes and like lunch boxes full of like my photos that were mine, not not, <laughs> my, not my family's, not my mom's, you know, and I still have those uh, from, from, you know, back when I was 14, 15, 16. Uh, but then by the time I first went to college, within a semester, I started taking a darkroom photography class. This would have been 2001. And uh, I took it at Brookhaven College with, with my professor, Travis Uyoka. Um, so I, I fell in love with photography. It was my first photography class. I'd taken art classes, you know, all the way through high school, but it was my first just photography one class and it was darkroom based. So, you know, we learned, you know, the sunny 16 rule and learned all yep. the stuff and, 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 and got to know all the chemistry. And back then I'll never forget. I wish I could have it to use for my students today, but we had, before we could go into the dark, we, because it was a, a district, you know, it's Dallas County community college district. Before we could uh, go in there and get our hands dirty, uh, we had to watch a training video that I wished the library it was like one of those 20 minute like hazmat videos of like showing you all, <laughs> kind of like a driver's ed video showing you all the things that go wrong with some mm-hmm. of the chemicals and why not to pour the fix down the drain and things like that but t- i took that class and so i still have some of my uh photos from that class you know I, I i fell in love with photography and took you know photo one took photo two um and then i took like an advanced class that travis would let you take after that just so you could kind of have access to the darkroom kind of about that same time i started getting in involved with the student newspaper on campus and I had been taking writing classes. So my background also is a writer. I I write um, and I teach. I'll come back to that in a minute. So I started following while I was kind of learning art photography. At the same time, I was also in a newsroom and learning photojournalism. So I've kind of walked down both worlds the whole time, which is interesting because I also now teach both. So, so for me, I'll come back to that, but to me, instant film and, and analog photography allows me to kind of keep that art side, whereas photojournalism is just this raw moment, but right. that's why I like instant film, because instant film, there's no manipulation. It's, it's just this, this moment that you can't really, either you fabricate something and shoot it, or it really happened right. um, yeah. until we got to the instant lab, but I won't 
Good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you used to know what you saw was what really happened, right? Or was staged. But uh, um, so, so I started doing uh, photos for the student newspaper. I got my first award uh, for a photo. I, I went and took, in fact, how I found the story was I was down in the dark room and I heard this young woman talking about her, her boyfriend who moonlit as a zombie. Uh, and so I went and took photos of him in his zombie costume. Like, oh, you know, wow. and, and, and in one of them, he had like an ax over his shoulder and that was my first award. So I was like writing, but also getting awards for the photography at the same time. And then flash forward, I, I got my degrees. And by 2008, I started writing and doing photography for the Dallas Observer, which is a local alt weekly, uh, like the SF Weekly or used to be Voice, uh, Village Voice. So I can officially say that by 2008, I was having my Polaroids, you know, printed and ran, you know, in oh, publications. Cool. I, I at the, about at about the same time, Gorilla vs. Bear, which you're familiar with, then they were a cool music blog. About the same time, they were also doing Polaroids and. At that time, I was taking Polaroid cameras with me when I would get photo passes to concerts. So, oh, like, wow. I, the first concert <laughs> cool. I ever got to shoot for the Dallas Observer with a photo pass was The Cure. And, and I'm in <laughs> the photo pit with all these people with wow. two and three cameras with their, you know, giant long lenses. And they're looking at me, and I'm embarrassed to say what I had. I had a Canon Elf that worked. And I knew how to fake it with an underwater uh, setting to get decent photos that they would run. Um, so that's something I teach my students is, you know, you use the camera you've got mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you wait for the light and you have to do with what you have. But I'm in there in the photo pit getting photos of Robert Smith with Polaroid. And that's what I tell my students. Why, well, the other reason I like Polaroid is, you know, now with digital, you post a photo online, anybody can take it and print it and do whatever yeah. with it. But mm -hmm. to me, you know, I have these moments and these images that of like behind the scenes backstage with Danny Brown and, you know, like uh, Killer Mike and all these people. Uh, I posted one the other day for, for Edwin Landay. Uh, and and I, I've just gotten all these uh, uh, behind the scenes um, with Thurston Moore. And I've just gotten all these cool moments behind the scenes and I capture them with Polaroid because then to me, I just know it's, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's just cooler. It's one of a yeah, kind yeah, and yeah. it's mine and I have it in a box and one day maybe I'll scan it and put it somewhere and maybe I won't. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible. I tell my students, do as I say, not as I do. I don't have a website. Uh, I have an Instagram and people can see some of the stuff I've done. By, by 2008, uh, I was shooting for the Observer, getting to shoot concerts and, and do Polaroid. They were posting Polaroid slideshows in print and online, which was cool for me to see. And then by 2010, I'd started teaching just two writing classes, this community college in Dallas, uh, Brookhaven College. And, and I'd started teaching two classes and thought, okay, well, I'll be a full-time journalist, you know, full-time staff writer and photographer, and I'll teach on the side so that I can actually have a decent, <laughs> decent wage because anybody who knows journalism full-time, you're actually almost better off being a freelance photojournalist if you can get, if you work in a big city than, than being staff. But that's a story for another another day. I started teaching the writing courses and right about that same time, Travis Uyoka, who I took my first photo class from, he was retiring and the college was like trying to find somebody to re replace him. And he was like, well, Daniel's teaching these oh, classes. You, you ought to, you ought to uh, ask him. He can teach dark because because they needed somebody who could teach studio. They needed somebody who could teach photojournalism. Mm. News photo one, and then somebody who could teach photo one. So basically, they needed to replace one guy who taught all of these classes, and that's kind of hard. Yeah. And so luckily for them, I'd taken all those classes and could teach all of the things. So I uh, got that gig in 2010, 2011, and replaced Travis when he when he retired and inherited the keys to this dark room that I'll never forget standing outside his <laughs> office and being like, I never want that many keys. I never, I remember yeah. seeing his key belt and being like, I never want that many keys. That's too much responsibility. I will never forget standing there. And now I have his gigantic, uh, <laughs> all, the keys. all of the cabinets, all the, all the chemicals, all the stuff. But you know, it's cool. I, I, I so I teach at this community college in Dallas. Now, you know, I get to teach my two favorite classes, uh, media writing uh, and report media reporting classes. Uh, I, uh, I advise the student newspaper. I oversee this, uh, the literary magazine, which we went from being not having a literary magazine to having like the 10th best in the nation to the 6th wow. best in the nation to the 3rd best in the nation and parts of Canada. Um, so, so I get to like talk about writing and photography and storytelling like all day. Um, and then that leads me to getting this keys to this dark room. And I thought, oh, I'll be in, I'll be in there all the time. I'll be in there all the time. I have keys to my own dark room, <laughs> but, uh, I'm married now and have a child mm -hmm. uh he's Life. over 21 months yeah, so i don't get to go in there as much but i still get to go in there a lot and then i've added stuff to the courses that travis didn't teach like i have them that we do weather permitting we do cyanotypes 
we do uh, we always do radiograms. They have to do a radiograms, and I try to teach them how to like unleash their inner artist with radiograms. And then then we do um, pinhole cameras. Um, so that leads me to I'm there at Brookhaven, down trapped teaching, doing my stuff day in and day out, kind of too busy to go out and do anything. And around 2012, uh, I met Justin Good, and th that was where meeting him and him trying to ask me questions, knowing that I was this photography professor, I, he was starting to do meetups and, and wanting to do meetups and walks for the instant film community. You know, there were meetups for photography walks and, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, these other like niche things. And he was like, why isn't there anything for just like the instant film nerds to get together? And, <laughs> and part of that too was us at the time we were, we were kind of saying how, you know, it's, it's weird. Like the companies, they care about us as people who buy their product, but ultimately, Ultimately, they're going to make decisions based on what they want to do and they need to mm -hmm. do. And, you know, and that was one of the reasons we always called it instant film society. And we did obviously name Policon Policon. But but to, for us, it was like celebrating the medium, knowing that the brands are going to change. Right. And will change. And, you know, at the time, at that time, you know, of course, we could get F, FP100C still. Right. Yep. Uh, and I yeah. think 3000B oh, yeah. yeah. had just been cut. But obviously that 2010 to 2012 was a very depressing era for a lot of instant yeah. film shooters. And so Justin and I kind of found each other right as, you know, Impossible Project was starting to like release cool stuff and those grab bags, if you remember the brown bag specials, which I wish, man, those are so cool. All the weird yeah. expired film. Um, so, <laughs> so we did the first meetup. And that kind of brings us to the where we are in history, telling the story. We he was going to do that first meetup, and I was like, "All right, here's the deal. Like, we got to have a name, because <laughs> because <laughs> like I, as somebody who's like a reader and like sees some of these groups online, I'm like, I'm not going to show up just like, hey, you guys want to meet up and talk about in cameras? <laughs> I was like, there's too much weird stuff. I was like, people are going to oh, be yeah. like skeptical. I was like, two things we've got to have. We got to have a name and we got to have like something we're doing. So that will come back to scavenger hunts and why, why we love instant film scavenger hunts, you know, photo related scavenger hunts. So we've, we've, uh, almost all of our walks, we tie in, you know, a scavenger hunt, um, that people have to take instant film photos and then they'll post them to Instagram. But, but, but we did that. We came up with Instant Film Society because I joked that uh, I'm not a big fan of being into clubs. Uh, also, <laughs> also, I didn't want people to think that they had to pay dues. And I felt like society right. made it clear that like, and, and if people ask, how do we join? What do we have to do to become a member? I usually just say, okay. Or, or can I become a member? I'm like, yes. Yep, you're <laughs> yeah. right, you are. <laughs> you know, you know, get a t-shirt, you know, come to the meetups meet and get a pen. The pens have always been free. We've never charged for the pins, so anytime you've ever seen anybody with the buttons or seen them post them online, those we've always just given the buttons out for free. Uh, up to this point this year, we've we've gotten this far as an organization with Instant Film Society and Policon on a budget of zero, just of our members donating things, you know, like cyanotype wow. material for That's kids so and awesome. things like That's that. Great. So 2012, we we did that first meetup in September. A dozen people showed up at the state fair. We had to use use instant film. People ask why I use instant film. Why not shoot instant film? Because shoot does seem more violent. But yeah. <laughs> but also, like we we couldn't do instant film society on Twitter because Twitter won't let you have that long of a name. Obviously, okay. everywhere else it's fine. Right. But but then Twitter was really kind of a big deal, and that was how we were getting in touch with people everywhere. So we had to kind of go with use instant film. But of course, now the hashtag instant film society has blown up, and use instant film is kind of, kind of low. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but that's why we still use use instant film. That was something that we had to do back then. But by because of Twitter and because of tweeting it, by the second year, there were already people coming to the state fair walk, which was annual at that time already, uh, from as far away as California. Wow. By, uh, I think, and this is where you'd have to ask Toby, it was either year two or year three that we had people, one guy came from as far away as the UK. We had people come Dang. from you know Idaho. We had people coming from uh, like Seattle area. Um, and then pretty early on by year three, we had a, up to like five and seven coming from, uh, LA area every year to, to stuff. Now, now also we were having events monthly or semi-monthly the first two years until we learned in the summer and it's Dallas, North Texas, you just can't do instant film <laughs> yeah. walks. A, it's too hot. You have to have right. like an ice yeah. bag to put the film in it. Like literally one time we, we did a walk and everybody's film was just like orange. It just looked yep. terrible. Yep. Um, oh yeah. And it, and it was like 102, 103, but you know, people want to meet up, but then 
back then we were doing them almost every month. And the biggest walk that we did ever, the largest walk that wasn't a Policon event, was we did a, a walk in downtown Denton, or not downtown Denton, downtown Dallas, and we met uh, at this park that's real central in Dallas. And we, you know, we put it up like a month before, and somehow it got picked up in one of the local alt weeklies, or the one I write for, but then a couple of other places online. So it got a lot of easy press. We had 83 to 85 people show up. No way. Jeez. Uh, wow. And we were getting on trolleys. We got on these trolleys in Dallas. There are trolley people don't know this. They think it's only in you know San Francisco and other cities, but there's trolleys in downtown <laughs> Dallas around the arts area. They're free to get on. You're supposed to leave with a tip. So we got on these trolleys and hopped to a bar, and then everybody looks at all their photos, right? At that point in time, I was like, this is too many people. I don't, I, I mean, I want to meet with people. I want to hang yeah, out with people, yeah. but it's a lot. I, can't, I yeah. can't remember all these people's names right. now. <laughs> this is, it's really big. It's, it, it's so, and, and that year, Toby came. And if you don't know and don't follow him already online, uh, Toby Hancock, SX70 Toby, he, yeah, he is mm-hmm. pivotal to what we're about to talk about, which is how, how we went from this group that was just doing meetups and walks every month, month and a half to Policon. So Toby came that week to that walk, the, the Clyde Warren Park uh, trolley walk, and he saw this and he's and he's going back. And of course, that at that time, people were trying to do walks in L.A. and people were doing walks in you know Chicago and people were trying to do walks in, in New York. Yeah. And if you were following the hashtags and watching Polo Walk happen, people were getting 10, 12, 15, 20, 22, maybe. We were right away 30, 40. Wow. And then it jumped to 83. And that's and, just that's crazy. Yeah. And part of it, I have to admit, I, I, we've had a budget of zero. But again, I do teach journalism. I know how to write a press release. I would send out hey, we're doing this thing. And uh, also, we would be at that time, we were going to galleries and doing talks. Uh, back then when Justin, uh, I'll get to this in a minute, Justin Good, uh, he was living here in Dallas. Now he's moved uh, out, of, out of Dallas. So he isn't as involved right now with what we do all the time. But we used to, he and I would go to like uh, colleges or schools and do talks and demos or galleries and kind of promote those. So we were getting a lot of attention. But, but when we had the 8385, Toby was there and was like, this is this is impressive. You know, yeah. we're, we're doing the same thing as you, putting up Facebook pages, putting right, up events. Right, right. Why, are, uh, why are so many more people showing up? And, and, I, and also, just like in LA, then we'll come to Policon Bay Area. Dallas, of course, is unique in that it's really, there's Dallas and Fort Worth, and then there's also Denton, and then you have all the mid-cities. So there's, whereas some places might just have like one central photography group or movie, there's two. Like here in Dallas, I can think of immediately like five or six major Facebook pages, like where there's these like hubs yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and there's camera stores in Fort Worth, in Arlington, in Garland, in Dallas, in Denton. So, so we put up posters, we put up handbills. I mean, I think that that's one of the other reasons why we're unique and why it's grown so much is that we have several different photo communities who kind of get along <laughs> and just kind of hang out together. That's great. And we don't tell people you have to have an instant film camera. Sometimes people show up and they have, you know, just 35 millimeter or in fact, some cases they'll show up with just DSLRs. We t- say you can't enter the scavenger hunt, you know, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can hang out and do the scavenger hunt and take the photos. But so Toby, back to Toby, by the third, I guess it was 2015 by, so I'm not sure exactly what year of the state fair annual walk that was. But by 2015, the year before that, so I guess 2014, I'm having to walk back in time, he had joked, so 2012, 2013, 2014. He's like, hey, you guys got to plan more than just one thing for the state fair walk. You got people coming in from the UK. You got people coming in from, you know, New York. You've got, <laughs> you've got to have more than just this one Pressure's thing on. and like a walk to get there and then meeting up afterwards, look at photos. He was like, you've got to do something else. So I'll, I wrote down on a sheet of paper and I still have it uh, in my office at school. I wrote down just on a sheet of paper about this big, uh, you know, Policon, hashtag Policon one, two days, uh, three workshops, three or four walks, um, one or two guest speakers. And, and, and at that point in time, it was like, okay, maybe we'll do this. And then by 2015, we're like, all right, we're going to announce it. We'll, we'll plan more things and we'll actually put together. And by that, that by that time I'd thought, okay, if we're going to do this, we need to do a lot. Like we need to do 20 plus. So oh, we've always man. had 20 plus, uh, workshops, demos, uh, and it's all free. 
free to attend. That was something else that uh, every Enzymum Society event, sometimes we'll go to places like a zoo where you have to pay to get in, but there's everything we've ever done is free. And as y'all know, you know, watching an emotion transfer workshop or an eight by 10 demo or seeing somebody, you know, show how to turn a, a one or like a, a big shot into shooting 10 types, you know, all of the stuff we've do, what? people have told us we should be charging three and four and five hundred dollars, right. but that's my whole thing is no, no, no. It's a, yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's it's about the community and and as y'all probably have already figured out the analog community mo most people unless they're at a certain level they want to talk about their love and their joy and they want to give away their secrets yes. um, yeah. and that's what I love about it is we might have twenty workshops planned but by the time the instant film community shows up there's twenty five other small unscripted things happening here and here and cool demos and somebody seeing. Uh, this year we had a uh, guy, Dave uh, Rollins from uh, California. He he's done um, putting in stacks in a four by five. He does eight by tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, yeah, yeah. He does some five. YouTube videos. Yeah, he he's does a some cool YouTube dude. videos. He's very cool. Mm -hmm. One of and now he's a regular. He, so he's came here to Denton, and now when we when we did it there in uh, uh, the Bay Area, he came and did the same similar demo. But so he's talking about how you could do it in a four by five, and then somebody's like, "Wait a minute, could could we do that in one eighty? And he's like, "Well, I haven't yet, but if you have one, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> And then they, he goes and gets it and they do it. So that's what I love is like, then people are getting to like see one person do something and it's sparking this idea and it leads to some other thing. So Toby said, Hey, why don't you do this thing? I immediately, the name just, and I'll never forget saying it tipsily. I was like, well, if some other asshole, sorry, if somebody <laughs> else doesn't do this, like we have to do this, like we have to do it. You're yeah. right. Uh, we'll, we'll hashtag it Policon. We couldn't act, we couldn't do Policon because somebody's, child is apparently named that if you google back and go scroll way down really? the first hashtag what? On Instagram. <laughs> yeah so we don't know who that person is but that's why we always use like a, a year or a number so that people can find it um but but we did the first one we had like a hundred and something attend 130 140 by the second year, it was pushing 240. Jeez. I know Timothy and I were trying to go. Yeah, we... We've been trying to go every year. <laughs> well, and you see, you know, we want you know, we want it to be something that... I don't ever want somebody to be like, oh, I can't afford to go this year because of the tickets or the cost. We And we know a lot of people will carpool. A lot yeah. of people get Airbnbs mm -hmm. and kind of coordinate. So, so some people, you know, have been you know picked up in one state and drove with other people. There's right, a lot of right. cool <laughs> things that have happened in the Polo Pal community. Um, and, and we always tell people, you can always remember what when Policon is, because it's always tied to the state fair. We'll always do our annual walk um, on the first Friday that the state fair opens. So people can always Google. We always announce the date the year before, so people can start planning travel as yep, far ahead yep. as they need to. And, and you know, once we got to the third year, we outgrew the space we were in. We were in this cool, wow. cool spot. Norman Roscoe, who does the t-shirts, which there's a, there's currently a fundraiser up right now. Cause we are, it'll be gone by the time this airs, but there's a, we, we, for the first time ever have been able to put our t-shirts up for sale, not at Policon. And we teamed up with the, the company that had let us have Policon for free in the back of their space uh, the first three years. So that's something else that how we've been able to do as a budget of zero is just m the members talking to people in the community to find yeah. places, you know, camera stores, um, pubs that'll let us like yeah. hang out there and telling them, Hey, like we're going to have 40 to a hundred or whatnot people at this one particular meetup. But now the problem is we've grown to where we have to be in a venue space here. But those first three years were pretty magical. And anybody who wants to look, you can go on and creep the hashtag and kind of go back in time. <laughs> um, and that's what I like about it is that the hashtags and people's videos and things have kind of become like a, a I don't know, like a time capsule for people yeah. to see. Yeah. And for people who haven't been able to come, which will bring us to talking about this year, it's it's been a virtual convention in some ways from the beginning because people could watch live video. Anybody who you knew was there was posting live video. So you could kind of hop around and creep and, and learn and then follow other people. So I love that people who haven't been able to attend have kind of been attending in, yeah. in some ways. And then how we went from... Uh, so this last year we had to move to rubber gloves and that's where hopefully this year we will be again. And honestly, that's one of the places I wanted to be the first year. Um, because rubber gloves allows us to have three areas at once. Whereas when we were at Norman oh, Roscoe, cool. we really only had two spaces where we could have one workshop going in one and then like a demo with like Ann Holland showing how to like make cool zines or travelogue books in the front. So we kind of, and even then it was awkward because if somebody was loud talking in the back and there were questions. Yeah. So we were basically splitting a very small space the first three years. 
um, by year four uh, and, and going forward, we'll have this space where we can have two and three things easily happening at once. Plus, there's a whole big outback area where people could be doing spontaneous things. Um, and then this year, this <laughs> last year, year four, Brian Brooks, uh, who's very active in the Bay Area and the San Francisco Photo Walk group online. Uh, and they've been doing photo walks since, I believe, right around or before. Justin and I had already been meeting and talking of photo walks, but they technically, I think, were doing photo walk around the same time or a little bit before because they just had, I think, their eight-year anniversary. Um, but Brian wow. Brooks came and said, hey, we, we've we been wanting to do this <laughs> in, in California. And people had expressed interest in the past. People, There had been people from New York who said, we want to do it in New York. We want one in New York. It makes sense. And, and mm-hmm. I would always say to them, okay, I have a budget of zero. Yeah, we're, not, yeah. <laughs> we're a nonprofit whose co-founder hates to ask people for donations. We have functioned this far on a budget of zero. If we do it in New York or LA, then whoever wants it there has to find spaces that can right. hold the amount of people and have us not spend money. Right. So so then, then people are <laughs> a little like, tricky. Oh. <laughs> then, yeah. and then And then I get like, okay, well, we'll get back to you. And then the people don't respond. So So I think eventually we will. Go to the other cities I just mentioned and other places. I think uh, I think because of some people who've come from the beginning of Polokan, I think Chicago was, is in the cards. But that, that, that pretty much sums us up to Brian coming and saying, hey, we want to do this in, in the Bay Area. We have, you know, kind of like y'all, we have a couple different photo communities who come together sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the perfect place. Plus, I mean, it's, I know it's pretty far, but then before things got weird with travel, it was like, well, the L.A. people can... It's not that yeah, far. Not you know, that if they were, far. If they were yeah, coming yeah, to yeah. Dallas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if they yeah. were coming to Dallas for walks. I'll drive can, five hours up the coast. It's a pretty drive. Take a pretty it's drive. Fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and or a quick flight, you know, and that was kind of the thought. So so Brian, he very quickly was like, I'm not gonna flake out. I'm gonna we're gonna do this. Let's set a date and let's make it happen. So we started planning that not long after Policon four in September uh, twenty nineteen. And of course, set the date and everything seemed normal. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then of course, uh, things started getting really unusual and weird. And then, of course, we we got there on the Thursday before the national emergency was declared. Oh, That's man. right. Because I remember, I remember talking to you before, and you were like going and it was like right before all this stuff got really weird yeah and we did i will say right away before anybody's like oh my god why did y'all still do that we followed uh we were under the the capacity that the city of san francisco at the time uh, myself and the other people involved have been planning events for years so every week we were having virtual meetings you know following and and checking what seattle and, and basically the worst hit place is what they were doing yeah, because you know we're here in Texas, and Texas is well, <laughs> uh, you don't want to know. But yeah. we were we were trying to be you know super <laughs> cautious because we we are a nonprofit and we we know the optics can be bad. But we kept small groups to ten. Uh, even Smart. before anybody else was talking about that, right. we, we made sure that the outside and inside attendance never got over fifty, which was the venue spot at the time. It was supposed to be a hundred. Uh, even in San Francisco and, and Seattle, like those were the low ones. Some places were still saying a thousand people were fine. And we, we were keeping the numbers very low. So so we did do it. Uh, I've stayed in touch. We've stayed in touch with everybody who attended. Nobody nobody luckily had anything Thankfully. happen. And, oh, and we all kind of felt like thankful that we got to get together. Uh, because, of course, things, you know, that was the last, everybody right. seen the memes, that was Friday the 13th was the, one of the last normal. Uh, <laughs> we did come back, uh, some of us, I pulled my back out from walking the hills in San Francisco. Yeah, they're lie. steep. <laughs> they are steep, and I was not ready for that. Uh, lugging all my camera bags and gear um, up up those hills. But um, it was fun. It was cool. And, you know, Glass Key, another great, uh, great camera shop. Um, yeah. you know, so, you know, here locally, we've teamed up with Don's use photo and Denton camera exchange, uh, Armin from Denton camera exchange has been involved with some incidental study since 2013. So he is somebody else that I have to name drop and say is pivotal because without him and me and Justin's early involvement, we wouldn't have had like a home and a hub where we could do demos and workshops for free and do like, you know, after parties or hangouts with people in the community. He has a small darkroom in the back of the the shop and you know has has stocks the film and the cameras so denton camera exchange is kind of our hub and then obviously glass key was able to become that uh there in the bay area it sounds so so fun yeah i i kind of like the idea of breaking off into different chapters too it reminds me of like beers and cameras Mm -hmm. like how they do like a like a chat like a new york chapter uh but uh yeah i i can see why the issue with uh the zero the zero spending limit kind (laughs) of 
<laughs> but well, it's I get it though. Like if you band together, I mean, I used to put on shows when I was younger, you know, my late teens and twenties and stuff. And man, you can talk any fire hall into letting you use their yeah, spot yeah, VFW for or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and I'll give I'll outsource and tell people how I've how I've been able to do what we do because I've actually been waiting for somebody to ask me like, how have you functioned on a budget of zero and still been able to do yeah, what we yeah. do? So the the venue I that we teamed up with who does the shirts. We, we were able to say, okay, well, we can't pay you to use the space, but we can kind of guarantee attendees will buy shirts. So from year one, we were able to have Instant Film Study shirts and Policon One shirts. And I think that year we had the Pack to the Future pun shirts where it looked like a, it looked like <laughs> well, the 3000B yeah. frame and it said yes, Pack to the, yes. the Back to the Future font. So, so from that year, we were teaming up with them and did, that year they actually did live screen printing, which was cool. Later they had to move their, their printing to another site, but we've always teamed up with them and basically been able to use that money to buy, uh, to get the posters made that we would want to get so that we had posters and to pay either bands or we've always tried to do like an after party on That's the Saturday cool. where it's like people can kind of hang out. Uh, the first three years we did it in camera exchange and did like an after party with bands in the camera store. And, uh, you know, it was, it, it's right around the corner from Midway Mart. So it was BYOB for, for people. Again, we outgrew that by the fourth year. And luckily we had rubber gloves, but here's the other thing. So we used the poster sales. We, I teamed up with an artist who's a member who would screen print posters and the cost of the posters would allow us to pay bands, right? And the cost of the t-shirts would allow us to pay to give any other supplies or buy other things we had to like to pay for yeah. soundboard or security person or whatnot. So anybody else who's wanting to start something like this and says, Oh my gosh, how can I ever do this? Find somebody who you can team up with who will let you like pay later for the shirts and know that you, you know, pre-order or do something like that. And, and there are ways to do it. So don't let having a budget of zero limit. Cause again, some of y'all seen how cool it is what we've done. And we've literally, I mean, I'm sure some of the core founding members have probably spent 40 to 80 bucks out of pocket here and there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So when I say budget of zero, <laughs> I mean, we don't have a bank account still and we've never, <laughs> we've never actually had to make a, a budget and, and we've never, we've just told people we can't afford to pay anything. So either you want to host us or you want to work with us or not, but we'll bring a lot of people in the door. So that I'm, I'm happy to say that to this point, we haven't had to get a bank account. We were planning our first fundraiser ever for uh, May 7th, which was Edwin Land Day, which if you know the backstory, so back in 2014, somebody started trying to do a hashtag Edwin Land Day Ooh. and it went away. And then back around that same area, y'all might remember kind of around the time, like worldwide pinhole day and other hashtags yep. were starting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somebody was doing worldwide, or maybe it was international, somebody will fact check me, but it was worldwide or international uh, Polaroid day. And it lasted two, maybe three years. There was a blog and they would put all the photos up and then that went away. Yeah. And so some of the core and film side members were like, all right, let's make the call because we've been wanting to do this for a while. And in January, we planned to announce that we were going to do our first fundraiser ever. We we're going to have a birthday party at an arcade uh, that does like <laughs> one of those things where they <laughs> give 10% back to a nonprofit, right? So we were going to have like rainbow balloons and have like an Edwin Land birthday party and have our first fundraiser. Of course, that place is closed yeah. right now and yeah. gathering to people together would not look good so it was the craziest thing because norman roscoe reached out to us and said hey we want to do this give back t-shirt thing so that's why we have the t-shirts actually up right now ironically and and that is officially our first fundraiser so my joke with it was telling people if you if you want to support us i hate to ask for money especially right now but force us to get a bank account yeah yeah please <laughs> yeah make it happen because right now it would be helping us and anybody who does want to reach out to us about trying to donate, uh, we'll figure out a way to do that online soon. But we do want to go into this year's Policon since we are going to have to do it virtually. We're going to have to get some kind of platform online. We're still looking at what to do. Some people are saying just do, you know, just do live Instagram like we did this last year for people at uh, for the Policon Bay Area. But um, we've managed to so far not have to get a bank account and just always break even. And I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty impressive, especially, you know, that it's not gonna, it's nice to know that that won't get in the way, you know, like it's gonna have to be canceled because you couldn't afford it or anything like that. It's really awesome you find a way to make it happen regardless. Yeah, so. and that goes back to I covered festivals for years as a journalist and a reporter and watch, I have to admit, part of the reason why Policon, I think, has done as well as we've done is I am a little bit over the top OCD and, <laughs> and picky, uh, again, as a photographer, like many of us, you know, we want everything perfect. So I'd covered festivals and seen what had, I'd wrote a whole, I would wrote an, I wrote an award-winning narrative piece 
on what goes wrong for a major festival, 35 Denton and Denton. And I watched festivals have good and bad things happen. And I learned that like, that's one of the reasons people are always upset. Why won't you post the schedule? We want to know what's going to happen. I'm like, no, we're gonna have 20 plus workshops. Here's the things that I hope we're going to do. Yeah. And I'll publish a final schedule a week to a week and a half before. Because I watched festival after festival after festival scramble because they would print and post yep. on a website. And that's when people start going wrong. And then you have to try to manage it and delete stuff and right. post and you're mm-hmm. tweeting and posting on Facebook. Well, that thing's not happening. And this thing's not happening. And I was like, no, none of that. And then every every year, you know, day one, day two, day three, we post a current up-to-date schedule on Instagram and Facebook so that people don't have to be going. We don't have to update everything. That way it's like one place. Um, so I will say, I think the reason we've been able to make it okay and people have been happy is a it's free so they can't complain too much right right <laughs> <laughs> although there have been some people who complained about some things uh, but and, and then the other thing is we always keep the start times and stop times flexible um i i, I never want people because i want people to be having fun and conversations to happen organically so we don't like if a guest speaker is going long i'm rarely going to be like we gotta we gotta stop yeah I'm yeah, 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 yeah. kind of happening but it, it's been it's been neat it's been cool that that people have have reached out to us from all over and supported us from from all over we have a, a cork board one year where we had everybody thumbtack in from where they'd been all over the u.s and pretty much the oh, only wow. area that there hasn't been anybody from yet to Policon is like florida georgia alabama area um and we've had <laughs> wow. pretty, mostly all over the u.s except for a few in the midwest um, and then we've had people now from Vancouver and Montreal. Um, wow. And as far away now as Spain and Germany. I already mentioned the UK. So, and, and again, we have no advertising. <laughs> so a budget of zero. Yeah. No advertising, no marketing, just a hashtag and, and, uh, and word of mouth. I mean, that's that. And again, now y'all see the, the fear as we're talking about this I now. Know. <laughs> Uh, as more and more people want to come, I'm. I my worry is we will have to eventually charge like a five dollar fee or ask like ask yeah. like core yeah. members to donate. You know, some kind of five dollar VIP thing just so we have a working budget. Because if we grow much more, potentially we'll have to look for another bigger venue, and I don't. Right. I don't know what we'll do then. <laughs> What are some of some of your like favorite workshops or, or speakers that you've had? Okay, so uh, Brian Garbrick, if you don't follow him, it, he's Theory of Brian on uh, Instagram. He has come and done really cool tintype uh, demos. He does like regular tintype stuff, and then he'll do like tintype in a big shot. He also That's so nuts. I he, love that. He, well, I love Brian, and Brian comes every year. He's come since the first Policon. He he can do like emulsion lifts. Um, he, he, uh, teaches and and he's an artist, so he can just do a lot of cool things. He actually released and did a show up there in Chicago area, Elgin area, not too long ago and and released a cool, uh, instant film zine and Holland. Uh, if you don't follow her off uh, on Instagram, she's come every year and she does really cool travelogues, you know, with like the little Dymo label maker and, uh, and, and like to me, Policon's Uh. not Policon if it doesn't kind of start off or end. It's either at the Mm -hmm. beginning or the end with Anne kind of showing. And usually we'll do it where she'll spread out all of her supplies and have like a typewriter and like all of these Rubbermaid tubs where people can kind of make these cool scrapbook uh, travelogue journals. And the last two years, she's brought these cool things so people could basically make their own even if they don't have have their supplies. Let's see. What else? Um, Dave Rollins last year was really cool. The Instax uh, and the 4x5. Um, we usually have like a Instant Film 101 where we'll do like we kind of – here's something else we've done. So on like the Saturday of Policon, we'll have all of our regular events happening. But then like we'll have free cyanotypes for kids. Wow. Um, so like – and I'll do it at like 11 or 9. Oh, sweet. So to me, that obviously it is instant – Film. Yeah. <laughs> it's instant and it's photography, right? So back <laughs> yeah. to some people are like, well, 10 types of stretch. Well, by by year two, the first year was only instant, but by year two, we were like, okay, well, like we've got to do- uh, Stretch it out a little uh, bit, yeah. And, and, I, and if, you have, uh, if you don't follow and haven't seen Project Barbatype, there's a couple cool people in North Texas that do 10 types and do like long exposures with pinhole and things like that, which are a little uh, borderline. But we, we added cyanotypes by year three. So every year now, and we'll do a thing that's like, bring your kids, we'll have the supplies. Uh, one year it was rainy and I had, luckily I planned ahead for everything going yeah. wrong. And I brought, so I had LED panels, so we could like sit them under these LED panels and the 
kids could still do them even if it was raining. What? The first year, the very first year uh, at the time, Jason Lee was living here in Denton County and he had a photo studio right around the corner from Armin's camera store. So some of y'all know they're, they, they, if you follow on Instagram, you know, they, they know each other. And that first year, that's something else that probably helped get us on the map pretty easily early on was Jason uh, and film photographic, like yeah. part. So Jason talked, um, and he's, he, you know, of course has that instant film photo book out. Uh, he's a huge instant film and analog, uh, photography buff. So we've had his support, uh, from, oh, yeah. from the beginning. I mean, it all sounds fabulous. There, there are other, other single talks that we've had that, that are kind of cool, more like walks. Like we'll, we always do separate walks. Like, and that was what I loved about Brian, come back to Brian. He came here and saw what we did. And was able to go, okay, I need a, a venue that's like kind of, that's clean, but kind of punk. Because my mm. thing is I want to be in a place that like everywhere we turn is like a photo <laughs> backdrop. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, want, I don't want some sterile art center. No yeah. offense. We <laughs> have done st- sterile art centers and we will do that on Sundays. But I want Friday and Saturday to be like places that are cool for photographers. Right. So in fact, back to like yes. other things I've done is like we work with bars that we shouldn't be able to get into. And I don't want to be half an hour camera people dealing with regular people. So like I'll call a bar on a Friday that's supposed to be open at a four and I'll be like, Hey, we're going to be on a photo walk through this area. Any chance you want to open it too? And I know that that place is cool murals and, and toilets <laughs> yeah, yeah. outside and all kinds of stuff. So, so that's something else that I've done to make it kind of cool is we get into places early and basically shoot and have like act like we own the place, stand on tables and chairs and drag them everywhere. And the owners, I'm telling them, Hey, this is all photographers. Trust me, they work for like they're they're legit people. They're yeah. they're gonna they're gonna seem a little crazy, and they're gonna ask if they can stand <laughs> on the bar and do weird stuff. But um, everybody's really nice, and they'll tip well. You know, I try to take people through either historic areas or areas that have lots of colorful you know buildings or backdrops. Um, we usually do a mural walk. We will do a neon at night walk, uh, either in Dallas or mm. Denton. Oh. And of course, there's neon in both areas, wherever we're at. And then, of course, if we're state fair, there's neon at night there. But we usually a neon at night walk is Friday. So Brian picked up on that, and then we did Polo Con Bay Area. We did, uh, we did the Chinatown neon at night walk on Friday the 13th, <laughs> and got some really cool photos. It was empty, you know, it was like a ghost yeah. town. So in some ways, it felt like we were on a movie set because there was no one anywhere, and everybody who lives there was like, "This is crazy." Um, but it was right before technically the stay at home orders yeah. were there. So, uh, I think that happened like the Tuesday after Policon, yeah. um, or maybe it was the Wednesday after, but it was not long after. So, so we always have a mix of demos, uh, workshops, panel discussions and talks Love and it. then walks. Uh, and then that's not counting like set times where it's like kind of, you know, an hour and a half to two hours open where we'll just be like, Hey, we're all going to hang out at this, uh, Armadillo Hall. So we're you know, Branded Brewing Company or something like that. So people can eat and kind of drink and put out their photos and, and stuff. And then because I, I teach studio photography, um, I bring lots of backdrops. Like, so wherever, I'll put up like all like neon laser backdrops and cool stuff. So so even though we're in like a crazy punk <laughs> venue with like cool stuff to shoot all over, I think this last year I brought in about six to eight different pretty cool. Because I, I, I have a studio on campus, I get to collect. I have four different types of neon laser the traditional one like the the prom one and then and then i have have lots of other weird backdrops Mm -hmm. so and because i'm a polaroid lover uh you know obviously y'all know you want to be close backdrops make all the difference and being close to a background so Mm -hmm. i I try to basically make it a time where people can get together and get tons of great polaroids (laughs) And, and then we usually have studio lights set up too in a couple places uh usually armin's there doing eight by ten photo booths that's something else i didn't mention yet is we always have um, photo booth. So what, uh, two years in a row, we had an eight by 10 big shot called, it was called how to dance the big shot shuffle. And, and so somebody would do a demo and that's what, basically how a lot of this works back to how we do it free for anybody who's trying to replicate this for uh, the photography community, wherever they're at with a different name and call it <laughs> different. But, but basically we, we have, we tell people, Hey, we can't pay you to, to do the demo because we are a nonprofit and education based nonprofit, but you can do a demo and then we'll let you sign up and do you know, you can have your square, you can do, you know, 30, 40, $50 sessions, whatever you want for a sitting. And we've had, oh, I should have mentioned, we've had um, uh, really cool mobile tin type studios. Man, there's so many kind of cool things that we've managed to pull off. 
And, and again, it goes back to the first two years, I did have to reach out to people who weren't already members and coming. Mm. But this last two years, thankfully, and that's when now I have a child who's 21 months. The first two years, I'm glad that we laid groundwork because by the last two years, people were DMing us saying, hey, we want to talk. Yeah. Hey, can right, we talk? Right, when can right. we book a thing? And the same thing with, with even the Bay Area. Brian, we he planned out a good amount of sessions, but then I was having I had two or three other people messaging saying, "Hey, um, we're so glad you're coming to our neck of the woods. Can I do a talk?" You know, so so we've grown to a level now where it's not as much work, but now I think we are going to need a budget to keep doing what we're doing and keeping it free. Well, I think the film photography community will definitely do whatever we have to to have an event like this because, like I said, it sounds like a dream come true for us film enthusiasts. So thank you for doing all that you do it's 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 amazing it takes some time to organize it all i, I y'all have seen with like the schedule i i do kind of have a general idea of what we want to do and then i kind of just plug in and and then figure yeah. it out about a week a week and a half before so i tell people like if you're halfway interested in coming i promise it'll be almost as cool as right. the year before if not cooler <laughs> right um and 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 again um this year is going to be tricky we right. we're going to we're going to probably have, assuming that the venue is back open, we'll have a limited one. We've already practiced in, in Bay, the Bay Area having, you know, glove stations for the zines and things. So everybody who's handling gloves or, uh, or every, everybody's handling gloves or zined. Everybody who's <laughs> handling zines is gloved. We had hand sanitizer stations everywhere. Right. Uh, we were telling people and making announcements about enforcing social distancing. So we've already kind of done a dry run, unfortunately. And, and if we are able to do it face-to-face, -face, we, we will do it, uh, potentially, depending on how things are looking and what the CDC is saying. Uh, but we're definitely already planning, and we had a meeting this last week to start putting making it virtual. So at hear. the very least, there will be a virtual uh, Policon 5 um, with elements that will have to be face-to-face -face so we can you know be filming the demos right. and whatnot. But. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are still pushing forward through all this because that would, it always sucks when you have to kind of put things on the back yeah. burner because of, you know, well, pandemic. And we're about and to post, stuff. and actually, it'll kind of be perfect timing. We, we're about to post, speaking of the scavenger hunts that we've always done, um, we're about to post a scavenger hunt. And I, I guess this will be, this will go up in about a week. So, about, about that time, there should be a scavenger hunt live. Ooh, um, that sounds and, fun. And it's meant to be stuff you can do at home. Um, I cool. actually had to do a Corona edition. I, so I, again, I teach photo one and photo two classes. And in my classes, I do scavenger hunts, photo scavenger hunts. So, you know, have like a, one lily item, lots of the same thing. Uh, repetition of shape, pleasing patterns. That's cool. Uh, and, and that's where, again, every time we've had these, I try to go in and challenge myself to come up with new ones because I don't want to repeat too many items. So that's one of the things people love about what we do. Yeah. Is, and they'll show up again, even with 35 millimeter cameras, just because they want to see what the scavenger hunt that we've put together is and try to shoot mm -hmm. them. But I did a Corona edition one with some things that are around the house or on strolls in your neighborhood. Um, and we'll be posting that probably any day now. Um, I just need to copy edit it first. <laughs> that sounds fun. It'll help keep us all sane to have a little photo project. <laughs> we'll be right back with a listener question for Daniel right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk comes from Polaroid. Use the promo code ANALOGTALK10 on your first purchase on film at Polaroid.com. All right, Daniel. So this is the part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. And this question comes from Damien with Sandra. And they ask, which is your favorite instant film format? Okay. So this is the kind of question where I tell my students when they ask questions that I have to add a lot of qualifiers. Because <laughs> like, are we talking like I'm on a desert island and there's a magic <laughs> box full of whatever film I want? Mm -hmm. or There is. Or like, <laughs> I'm limited to the film that I can get today. So I, I can I answer both? Oh, um, <laughs> or am I limited by the uh, question to just one? Uh, well, we do have a desert island question okay. that we yes. Okay. So then, then yeah. I would say um, my absolute favorite camera is an SLR six eighty. Uh, uh, it is beat love up. That camera. Uh, it parts of it fall off in my hand when I shoot. I will. People <laughs> ask me. People make fun of me. They'll be like showing me their cool skin. And they're like, no, you can. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, I'm afraid to have anything done with it because I've had two others that things have gone weird with and gears have gone wrong. Mm. And But to me, that's my personal favorite. Um, it used to be a lucky one step I have. I still have it. It's still my lucky one step. But but that SLR 680 has gotten and managed to work with light to get some of my favorite photos I've ever taken. Um, so mm. technically... 
That's your favorite film format? Probably 600 just 600, to go. Yeah. But, but again, if we're going, I mean, the, the truth is, the absolute truth, uh, it'd be a Polaroid 180 or a modified like 110A Ooh. and I could shoot 3000B. But we don't live in a perfect world and the companies don't care about us. So I will say Sad. for now, because Spectra, I would have used to have said I want to shoot Spectra in my Spectra SE. Right. Because the Polaroid Spectra SE is one of my favorite cameras because I like to have a wider playing field. Um, yep, and that's yep. kind of why I like Instax wide better than Instax mini. But Instax square is too small. So maybe one day they'll come out with something right in between. But for now, I think I kind of answered the question. <laughs> good job. 600 for now. Man, the 680 is so good. I love that camera. Yeah. It, it really, uh, you know, uh, I love that I can get really close to things and get cool shallow depth of field shots. I love that I can get anything I would normally get with, you know, a 600, um, just like the one step. So to me, it's a beautiful camera. You, what you see is what you get. I don't, I like not having to think about the parallax error (laughs) because that's the other Mm -hmm. thing I can't stand about a lot of cameras, even, you know, even modern new edition that the Mm -hmm. Polaroid is making. I I don't like parallax air. That's why so many of us like SLRs. I, I truly think that, that that one day soon, one of the large camera manufacturing companies will figure out what we would do, uh, and it should be it should be now Polaroid. Not that was my Polaroid joke. Not Polaroid now. Yeah. Polaroid. It yeah. should be now. Yeah. Now it should be Polaroid. Yeah. And maybe they will. Uh, I've I've filled out things saying that I would like that. So who knows? To make to make like a new like a new like SX seventy or something. If they could make a new SX seventy, if they could make it, I mean, they could literally make it where there was like some type of just simple insert we could put in and pull out. To, it would be like the the shield to go back and forth between SX seventy or six hundred film. Right. It, it right. doesn't have to be that complicated, and it could be very very easy for them to do now. And hopefully that's what'll come next. But. We have to remember, and this is where people, people, you know, so one thing I forgot to mention about Policon is every year we do the state of the emulsion address and <laughs> we kind of talk about what news has happened that year. And then, I love that. And I always try to keep it from turning into a gripe session. Right. Because again, mm-hmm. my I thing bet that's is, tricky. my thing is, it is we are here to celebrate the joy of instant film and the magic of instant mm-hmm. film. And we can complain till we're blue in the face. Right. But the companies don't, they are more interested in now we can see it the walmart and the best buy sales right they're going to keep doing the camera stores but they have a market that is bigger than us and yep. not as vocal <laughs> but but that does bring us back to instant film society why justin and i did it was you know we wanted to we we saw what was happening we wanted to try to because there were you know back then people would post a change.org or like a petition to try to stop it and be like five or six hundred people but there was yeah, no like yeah i remember that voice. i signed it I signed it. Yeah. We, I mean, I would sign <laughs> yeah. them, but we would sign them knowing like, <laughs> Fuji's not going to be like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll yeah. give you back your 3000B or 100C. Um, so so we, that was the other reason. We wanted to have a group where we had credibility to sound silly with the companies. For a little while, Fuji was corresponding with us and then that stopped and then they've never, we've never been able to get back in touch with somebody. So if there's a Fuji rep listening that wants to be involved <laughs> oh, for giveaways and things, you can find us on the internet. It's not hard. But Polaroid, we've had a fantastic relationship with. Um, from, from year one, uh, Pat Tobin came and talked uh, year one and was there. They have supported us every year. Thank, thank you <laughs> to Polaroid Originals and to now Polaroid. They they have yeah. supported us every single year. It's been really cool. Um, and and we, that's again, awesome. that's how we are able to keep it free. We have giveaways for scavenger hunts because they'll send us a camera and a couple right. of shirts or something, you know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right. Ready for the, the more tough questions? Okay. <laughs> okay. So you sort of answered this, sort of, but what's your all-time favorite camera? It doesn't have to be Polaroid. If it is, it is, but... You can think outside the box. Oh, man. This is the Desert Island Desert camera. Island, I mean, yeah. Desert you, Island, yeah. You can only camera, pick one for the rest I of your life. A, a magic box full of film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lab. There's yeah, a you know a store you full of any, you know, they even got like endless supplies of Type 55 on the on the island and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So, <laughs> Man, I should have known this question was coming because I've listened. So I should have, I should have, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, this is where, again, I'm, I'm always so torn and I, I've had to answer this question before. 
yeah, at Policon because somebody has asked me about it like during the state of the emotion address. <laughs> and I usually will say it, it kind of comes down to what I've kind of answered would, would be like part of me wants to say because I love and if like magic was real, I would shoot 3000 B all the time. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, that I, know. I got some of my favorite photos I've ever taken of like mm-hmm. same here. my son. On my last couple of frames, on you know my my nephew, my sister's uh, son, um, concerts. It's so beautiful. But the reality is, if it, if it came right down to it, I'd probably would do an unlimited supply of the six hundred with the SLR six eighty, because I can shoot and I answer. can shoot in daylight. I can shoot in dusk, dawn on this desert island, and if it's dark, I can pop a flash or have like a bonfire. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, <laughs> and because I'd rather have the color. I mean, that's when it comes down to it. Like, why wouldn't Desert Island it with like a case of three thousand B would be? I'd, I'd, I'd probably. I, I think I would want the color film ultimately. <laughs> Sorry to my students who hear this because I, I preach starting off in black and white because right you need to learn to see the composition you need to learn to see total range um, and and that's what again why it's neat to get to teach it and I do do a whole demo lecture on instant film in the in the classes um, because I, I like we all know film forces you to think a little bit because you're not just shooting. <laughs> Uh, bar- right. barrage, uh, mm-hmm. barrage, machine gun style. <laughs> okay, part two of this question: Are you lusting after any cameras? You got a white whale camera? Something you're you having dreams about at night? Or hmm. you know that's funny. <laughs> you know because because yeah, but it doesn't exist. Yeah, my white whale oh, yeah? camera would be that Polaroid would make a a camera that has manual control with a really nice glass key glass lens. Yep. Or if they don't want to go that far, because I'm really hung up on the focus thing, because y'all saw, y'all know the Polaroid now has, you don't mm-hmm. have to, you don't have to switch back and forth uh, to focus uh, from, you know, group or, or close to, to near or far landscape. Now it has an autofocus, but as a lot of people in the comment threads have pointed out, it's it's not necessarily really the type of autofocus that we were talking about uh, or that we would yeah, want. Yeah, it's not like sonar or anything. <laughs> no. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to the SLR 680 or or what was that other one? The the 600 that was the uh, the gold. There's that gold one. The Sun Sun six sixty right that also yeah. had the sonar yeah sun yeah so so I would love to see because that technology still exists I know it does because I've seen robot fights on TV where they use those things <laughs> still and I'm like that's the same yes. thing I know that you could still buy hundreds of them new because they have them in the robot competitions so I'd love to see a real sonar autofocus camera that could shoot uh, either with the battery or without I don't care y'all I just want to ha- and then I'd like I would like to have the the, the insert that we could pull in and out. Where we could put, uh, well, I would like them to make their custom one, but then I'm thinking ahead of what else we could put in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like red, yellow, whatever. But uh, I think that it'd be cool if we could shoot back and forth between S- uh, the SX-70 or the 600, depending on what we were wanting to do. I, 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 mean, I think they could they could literally go and sit down with a, a group of a bunch of us instant film nerds and be like, okay, so yeah. what do you guys want? They could make a wish list camera that, that at least functions as good as before because the reality is the technology is better. Like they right. could re- reverse engineer what's there, and I know it wouldn't fold. I, I don't want it to fold because we know that's the vulnerability. No, of it doesn't that have camera. to fold. Um, my my S- my SLR six eighty that I love, it, you know, I have to be very careful. I have to poke it on the front, right? And, yep, and shake yep, it yep, a little yep. bit. And if somebody else tries mm-hmm. to open it, I'm like, no, 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 you know, don't touch it. Yeah. you're gonna hurt her. <laughs> like you're gonna break her. Um, you pull on the wrong tab, and it's... you got to pull and shake. And yeah. it's, it's finicky. Yeah. So I know they would need to make it, but that'd be fine. It'd be fine. Um, I'd even be okay if it kind of looked like the I1. I mean, whatever it yeah. would need to be, because I, I feel like they, they could do it. I don't know about that. It's not- I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding because at least it would be the centered, right? Instead of the parallax <laughs> error. Because my thing is, you know, the, the problem and why so many people get buy a pack or two and get frustrated. And I see it in the threads yeah. and the Facebook groups. They're like, the photos don't look like I'm, I see things are off. And then you have to explain parallax error and say, well, the closer you get, which is you're taking pictures and portraits, the further off it's going to be. So in talks and walks, I always tell people, you know, frame it how you think it is and then kind of pull your body back and just look to the center of the camera and slide it over. And, and it, it was even easier on the old cameras, you know, like the one set plus is the clamshells cause mm-hmm. there was that bar. So you could easily center yeah. the person or the subject on the bar. Um, but I, I, that would be my, my white whale camera would be. 
I think I think you're the only one of our guests who who answered one with one that doesn't actually exist. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> love fantastic. That. Well, in the sad reality, when it comes to instant film, and I mean, I teach photography. I have a lot of cameras. Uh, I have just about every instant film camera I would want. I have many. I have the square. I have the wide. I, you know, so it's like, yeah. so, for, so for me, it has to be this camera that doesn't exist yet. That should. That's not that far out of our reach. So back, back to White Whale. Yeah. It's there. Like, yeah. I feel like, like it, it could, like, and in fact, why hasn't somebody in the film community done this? We would all buy it. We would all, like. 100%. Thousands of people across the planet would buy it immediately. If somebody kickstarted it, we know it would get backed. Um, right. So why Polaroid doesn't just do it, to me, is, is doesn't make sense at this point. I think they should and they would. And, and I'm not besmirching them. I know what they're doing and I know the demographic and the reality people who complain about it is we need... We need the support and the sales at Walmart right. and Best Buy and Michaels right. and, and places because that they are going to drive and allow them to keep doing what they're doing in research and development. And, and that's why when they quit doing Spectra, which was one of my favorites, my favorite camera bag, is that a question? What is my favorite camera bag of all time? <laughs> it, the Polaroid, I, oh, I'm, I'm not even going to say it because if I say it, then everybody's going to go on eBay and buy it. Then I can't get more. Yeah, they're going to yeah, snag careful. them up. Anyway, be careful. <laughs> I, I have a really, I love Polaroid Spectra cameras. I, I love them. I loved them for years. And, and you know, I, I know that they had to minimize things because there were so many problems. I understand their excuses or reasons, um, but I'm sad about Spectre. Same. Me too. Well, Daniel, this has been an awesome conversation. I, like I said, Timothy and I have been trying to get out to a Policon forever. Um, so we have no excuse if there, this one next coming up is virtual. We'll be there for sure. Yeah, we'll be well, there. Since y'all have, <laughs> and in fact, um, some of y'all know Film Photo Geeks, um, the podcast i don't think they're doing it very regularly now but they had been doing it for a while and uh when laura came you know i say hey anybody who can do a podcast i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to MC or interview a guest uh now virtually yeah. Yeah. even if you couldn't make it we can do something like that so we'll we'll keep in touch and collaborate somehow yeah we're, we're definitely down for any 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 anything that we can do to help for sure so where can everybody check you out where's you on instagram where's instant film society okay so there is instantfilmsociety.com and that is our website. And that's where we post updates for major events. But we don't update that very often uh, or all the time. And I tell people all the time, anytime you see posts, there's about four or five of us that run the accounts because we're all educators having or babies. Ph- photographers. <laughs> Only two, I think, two are having babies. <laughs> oh, well, three if you count Armin, yeah. So there are, there are, yeah, in fact, the three top core who were kind of running it for several years all now have more children. I didn't think about it that way, but uh, Andy Odom uh, has been coming for since early on, and he's one of our uh, main uh, people. He's who helped turn Instagram Study into a nonprofit. Um, so without awesome. Andy Odom uh, running our, our, our helping run, you know we have uh, Facebook, so you can find Instagram Study on Facebook pretty easily, and then Twitter. And those are the two main places where people can DM us or message us, and we respond pretty quickly. Obviously, also there's the uh, Instagram. And the Instagram is how most people find us and follow us because we know a lot of people don't have Facebook and don't have Twitter. Sorry, we don't have Flickr. People occasionally message us and say, well, we don't use a Flickr, but sorry. Um, so Instant Film Society on Instagram is the best way to stay in touch, to follow contests or, or, or scavenger hunts. That's where we're going to post scavenger hunt lists. Uh, John, if you want to follow him, is Instant Denton. Instant Denton, he's been coming to Policon, I think, since year one. Uh, he's who kind of helps us manage the behind the scenes. Um, since 2012 or 13, we wanted to have an online gallery and kind of feature instant film community, but it was hard. And again, it takes time and we're all volunteer, no, no budget. So luckily John in January, when we had that meeting to plan out all of the year's stuff for the first time ever, uh, he was like, hey, wh- what about if we start doing this? I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? We've been wanting to do this for years. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I do it? Yes, yes, you can do it. So if you aren't already following Instant Film Society, uh, for the stories, um, occasionally we, feel we feature member as a post, but in the stories, y'all will see we feature members who use the hashtag either use Instant Film or Instant Film Society from all over the world. Uh, you can meet and make friends on there, uh, other people. And, and a, what's cool, of course, we all know is most people who shoot Instant Film, they, they shoot 35 millimeter, they shoot some large format, they, they, it's film. Yeah. Nerds. I mean, yeah. that's the reality. These are film mm-hmm. photo geeks. So that's the other cool thing that most of y'all know is even if you're not that super into instant film, but you want to have some 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 film photography community, you come to Policon. There's it's just film nerds ultimately. Um, but but 
those are the best ways to stay in touch with us. Um, if you have questions or if you're interested um, in anything, you can direct message us and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. But again, all volunteer nonprofit, I promise nothing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Timothy, where are you? Guys, you can head over to Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. Easiest way to find it. Go to the search bar. Just type in Timothy.makeups. And uh, that's it for me. Chris, what about you? So I am Chris B. Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And I think if you search my name, Christine Bartolucci, I pop up on there too. I know it might be a little tricky. Um, and then we are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook page and a group. You can like and join and share stuff and talk to each other as well. And that's it. Daniel, Thank you all we're so, so much glad for we me. finally got you on. This is Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Definitely. And we're going to be at a Polacon virtually or for in real life hey, one way or the other soon. Hey, I hope it, I hope it works out. I, I can't wait to see you all there. And uh, we'll keep doing it every year. We, we do not plan on stopping no matter what. So I eventually anybody Yay. who wants to come. And the goal is to keep it free or cheap every year. So Amazing. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. I just want to bring the film right. community together. <laughs> That's Love how it. we do it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, first off, we want to thank Daniel for coming on the show and talking about Policon. Hopefully this year we can make it there or make it virtually, depending on how uh, how everything works out with, uh, with the Policon. And, you know, thanks so much for doing this and bringing awareness and a community for instant film. I know Chris and I are both, you know, extremists when it comes to instant film and Polaroid. So Daniel, thanks again for coming on and giving the story and the background and all that fun stuff. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for even a buck. You can get the show two days early on Mondays. And we also have a bunch of other stuff over there. We're doing Patreon after shows, Patreon specials, you know, just a bunch of other stuff. Check it out. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. And uh, for all the Patreons already that help support the show, guys, we don't know how we would do this without you. You allow some free time for us, which is amazing. And thanks for all the support throughout the last couple years. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> all right, guys, until next week, we'll see you soon. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.